When was the last time you thought about how extraordinary your body is and all of the functions that happen every month without any effort on your part? This episode will give you an amazing little sense of compassion and love for your body. So lean back and enjoy. Welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. My name is Cassandra Wilder and I'm a period and hormone expert and an ND. Let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, the incredible Funkit Wellness. I met Kate, the owner and CEO of Funkit Wellness, about a year ago, and we just hit it off. She has formal training as a dietitian, and so natural health and really nourishing our hormones is such a passion of hers. And that really shows in her beautiful brand, Funkit Wellness. Funkit makes beautiful seed cycling kits as well as hormone nourishing maca powders to support any cyclical being on their hormone healing journey. Seed cycling is an amazing food-based approach to nourish your hormones, get vital nutrients, and help your body release excess estrogen. And Funkit seed cycling kits are all organic, non-GMO, vegan, and they ship straight to your door on auto ship every single month so you never run out of your new favorite go-to for balanced hormones, a consistent period, and beautiful menstrual cycles. The holidays are fast approaching, and this is a great gift for yourself or to any cyclical being in your life. Kate has been nice enough to extend a 15% off coupon to all of our listeners. Just go to funkitwellness.com and use code DRC15 to save 15% on your order. I'll link that in the show notes below. And when you start your seed cycling journey, I'd love to hear about it. Send me a message on Instagram. And without further ado, let's get into our episode today. Hi, gorgeous friends. Welcome back to the Cyclical Podcast. I don't know about you, but on the daily, I sit in awe and think about how incredible our bodies are. And if you're like, I definitely never do that, that's okay. I think I just am in the realm. I'm talking to people every day, right? And seeing the incredible changes that can happen. And also, I think the more we understand how our body really works and our anatomy and what's really going on in a full menstrual cycle, I think it's hard to not, frankly, be in awe of this incredible orchestration that happens every single month without any effort on our parts. I think we can all agree that the education we probably all got surrounding our bodies, anatomy, menstrual cycles was severely lacking, to put it lightly, and probably left most of us feeling more confused or even more embarrassed about our bodies as a whole. Uh, If you were like me and you went to those super awkward like middle school health classes or you had a maturation program, they were super weird. And I remember the boys just snickering through the whole thing and everything just felt so like cold and medical to me in that everything was very like by the book and nothing was really explained in a way that's applicable. And so I at least felt like it was all very theoretical, not applicable, not usable, kind of like most biology classes, you know, they could kind of be connecting it to our own human experience and our own bodies. But most of the time, it's very, again, irrelevant to anything we actually experience. And so unfortunately, I don't think a lot of us get as much from those types of classes. I think this would be a really cool episode to share if you have a friend that is going through some cyclical troubles or is you know starting to be interested in hormones or their bodies, or if you know a young woman in your life who recently started her period or is going to soon start her period, I think this would be such a cool little episode to share with them so that they can be like, oh my God, my body is so cool. <laughs> That's what I hope you think through every part of this. So in a second here, I'll share seven facts about our bodies that I think just blow me away, that I think are just so astounding and incredible 
and give all of us the opportunity to sit and pause long enough to just say thank you. I'm so grateful for this incredible body that ebbs and flows and fluctuates. The last thing I'll share before I dive into the seven things that I think are astounding is I really hope someday this becomes the norm in how we talk about our bodies. I hope someday those classes in high school or middle school can actually be really empowering for women. I've long dreamed of going into a high school and talking to the students for an hour. And then I'm like, I don't know, Cassandra, I think they would literally throw you out the window or burn you like a witch. <laughs> I don't know that they'd be ready for, you know, my like really excited um, presentation on how our bodies work. I think everyone would be like, whoa. <laughs> but maybe someday that will be the norm or maybe someday that will happen. So if, you know, you're connected to a school in Wyoming or Utah or Montana or something like that, let's talk because that would be really, really cool. Okay, so let's start to dive into the seven epic facts about our bodies, our anatomy, and our cycles. So the first one out of the gate I think is so cool. You are born with all the eggs you'll ever have. And to take this back a couple layers, so in fact, your grandmother had a small piece of you inside of her. So when your grandmother was pregnant with your mom, so your mom was in her womb, you were a tiny little egg in your mom's ovaries. So there's kind of like a three generation piece to this. So if you are pregnant right now, you may have your daughter inside of you with ovaries that have an egg that will be your future granddaughter perhaps. And I think that really speaks to how powerful lineage is and why in traditional cultures that was really, really important. And even the idea of when we heal ourselves, our own trauma or what we're going through, we're also kind of healing people that have come before us or people that will come after us. We know that if our mothers or our grandmothers or someone in our lineage experienced extreme stress, we know that affects us generations later and how our stress response works and how our body reads threats. So it's not a woo-woo metaphysical thing to say that you are affected by what your grandmother was experiencing or what your mother was experiencing. And that can feel daunting, but it's also really epic to think how connected we are to this web of women that have come before us. I think that's so cool. When I lead women's circles, I often talk about that and this remembrance of the feminine and coming back to our roots and coming back to something as simple as honoring the women that have come before us, or even if it's not our biological mom or biological grandmother, still honoring the women that we do feel uh, fill that role of mother or guide. The second one, so we're going kind of less spiritual and beautiful <laughs> to more factual. So. The vagina is the ultimate sperm killer, except for during your actual fertile window. So if you've ever, say, taken your underwear off and you've seen that your underwear is like bleached in the area where your vagina touches it and you felt like, oh, what's going on? Or like, is something wrong with me? Let me assure you that nothing is wrong with you. That's actually very normal. It happens to pretty much everybody, but it's one of those things no one talks about. I remember seeing that maybe when I was like 15 or 16 and like literally being so ashamed and just throwing my underwear away because I didn't want my mom to see it. Like this just speaks to, right, how weird all this stuff is and how none of us really most of us probably didn't have a mom we could talk to this stuff about. But your vagina is extremely acidic. In fact, most of the month your vagina pH ranges from about 3.8 to 4.5 pH, which is definitely acidic. That's about the pH of tomato juice. Um, and so this is how it can actually bleach our underwear. Our cervical mucus is so acidic, it can bleach your black underwear, you know, and make it kind of tan or even white. This is totally normal, nothing's wrong with you. But what's interesting is during ovulation, your pH jumps up to about 7.5 or 8, which is a huge jump. So it's far more alkaline. 
uh, and even hospitable for a little sperm. Under a pH of about six, sperm really struggle to survive. And so we can see how most of the month, if there's any sperm in there, your vagina shoots it down and it doesn't even have a chance because there's really no purpose for sperm to be in there. And also sperm can negatively impact your vaginal pH. So your vagina really just stands as this little gatekeeper um, to remove anything that shouldn't be in there. So that very low pH most of the month would also help fight any infections. And so this is why we really want that acidic pH most of the month. But during ovulation, it all jumps up to be far more alkaline and hospitable so that sperm can have a chance to get to the egg. Uh, the cervical mucus that we have around ovulation that tends to be thicker, even goopier, like an egg white consistency, also helps to keep sperm alive and it helps them even swim with more ease. So I think this just is one of those little facts that leaves me in awe and like, how is all this so orchestrated and how is this all so wise to ultimately help in the goal of conception, which is the point always of biology is continuing the species. And I just think that's astounding. So the third one that I think is really cool, moving over to our cervix. So your cervix is thought of as the neck of your uterus or the doorway of your womb. So if you were actually to insert a finger inside of you, you would not be feeling your womb. You might be feeling your cervix, which is this small round piece of your anatomy. Like I said, that's the doorway to your womb. Now your cervix is one of the coolest things in the world to me. I have a couple episodes on it, so just search cervix with cyclical and you'll find all sorts of things you can nerd out on. But the cervix itself lifts and drops during different times of your cycle. It even changes in firmness, so sometimes it's very soft, sometimes it's very, very firm. And with the help of estrogen, your cervix also creates cervical mucus, so that's where your discharge actually comes from. The cervix is also one of the most regenerating parts of the body. So the cells themselves even change types within the cervix. And so when people come to me that say have had irregular paps, they've had cervical dysplasia, maybe they have SIN1 or SIN2, or maybe that all, you don't even know what that is and that's okay. And maybe you just know your doctor is saying you need to do a leap procedure or something like that. I think we often feel really paralyzed and feel like we don't know what to do. But to me, the cervix is one of the most incredible parts of the body because it regenerates on the regular. It consistently creates new cells. So for example, cells that are within the cervical os, which is the little tiny hole of the cervix. So that, yeah, is the part that would expand when you're say having a baby, but it's also where sperm would swim up. It's where your menstrual blood would come out. Cells within the cervical os are very long, skinny cells. They're called columnar cells. But when those cells start to come out of the os, out onto the face of the cervix, there's this little tiny circle around that os called the zone of transformation. And cells actually transform into short, fat little cells called squamous cells, so they can lay flat along the face. And so this is where, over the years, I've worked with a number of people who wanted to naturally approach cervical dysplasia, or simply wanted to get regular paps again. And the success has always been really, really epic because if we can just learn how to encourage new healthy cells that are going to come out and transform anyway, the cervix I think is very eager to heal itself and balance. So just so cool. Like I said, if this is like, what? Tell me more about the cervix. I've got a few other episodes that you can find. Next, my fourth really cool thing about our bodies and our anatomy. So women can actually experience many different types of orgasm. Four of the most common though are the clitoral, vaginal, G-spot, and cervical orgasm. Now cervical orgasms are said to be like the cream of the crop 
some of the most pleasurable, enjoyable, powerful, um, and it's also one of the rarest for women to experience. If you listen to my other cervical episodes, you'll hear me talk about this, but the cervix itself is very sensitive to trauma and even stress responses, and the cervix itself can become pretty numb. And so when we start to resolve other things in our life and support our bodies in very nourishing, uh, holistic ways, the cervix can become more sensitive again. And so this is where intimacy can become another level of enjoyable if we're nourishing our cervix and if we're addressing our vagus nerve, our trauma responses, our nervous system even, and I think that's really cool. It's also said that men have nothing comparable to a cervical orgasm, so something we got that they don't. (laughs) Okay, the fifth one I wanted to share is the uterus itself, so your womb, can expand up to a thousand times its original size during pregnancy, Um, which I think is just, wild. I mean, if anyone ever just stops and thinks about the act of pregnancy and like how any of that's even possible, I think there's a lot to that. But just the fact that your womb will grow and expand and similar to your cervix, of course, during birth, all of this is transforming. I mean, your organs are moving up and out of the way. I mean, so much is going on to hold this little baby for this nine months or so. Uh, I think that's incredible. Your womb also expands in size during your period. And so just a little Reminder that if you feel a little bloated or you feel like you got a little pooch when you're on your period, it's not bloat. It might just be your uterus is a little bigger this time of month. So rather than being mad or, you know, trying to force yourself into some skinny jeans that are not comfortable at all when you have that little bloat in your period, maybe put on like a loose skirt and just say, wow, that's so cool that my uterus is a little bigger this time of month. The sixth one. The menstrual cycle itself is recognized as your fifth vital sign, formally recognized in 2015. And what this means is your period and your cycle as a whole. So those other three weeks tell a really powerful picture about your health as a whole. So it tells us about your metabolism. It tells us about your thyroid health. From your symptoms, we can gauge what your hormones are doing. I can even gauge what your mineral levels may be doing, your stress response, all from what your cycle looks like. So your symptoms, how you feel, what your temperatures are doing, what your cervical mucus is doing. And I think that's so cool. And where it's recognized as a fifth vital sign, I think really speaks to never dismissing cyclical symptoms we're experiencing or just being like, "Eh, everybody gets acne or "Eh, it's just normal to be like so bloated you look eight months pregnant. Those things aren't normal and they should be really seen as something, you know, genuine to address. Just like if you had back pain, I hope no one would ever be like, oh, it's fine. Everybody just feels like they're dying and their back's going to break in half. I think most people would take that more seriously, whether you saw, you know, your MD or you went to a chiropractor. I think most people would be like very proactive with that. But it's funny how there's an interesting stigma that says having a period is just supposed to be hellish. So, you know, you're a woman, so you're just supposed to suffer. Uh, There is definitely a gender bias in medicine. But hopefully with this information, you can feel more like more of an advocate for yourself and no longer put you know, yourself down or just shrug off your symptoms. And instead to know that someone should take you seriously. And if your doctor or practitioner isn't, there will be a better option for you, someone that will listen. So never shrug off things with your cycle or even your hormones because your body is talking to you just like it would be with any other vital sign. If your pulse was very low or very high, if your respiration changed, all that's equally as important to look at. Lastly, the act of ovulation, which is that little 24 hour window or so in the month where you are actually uh, able to get pregnant, 
is the purpose behind your entire menstrual cycle. So again, the purpose of your cycle is hopefully to carry on the species, but it doesn't have to be just that. I think it's just amazing to know that ovulation is really, really important. And really the, yeah, like I said, the purpose behind your own whole menstrual cycle, which to me says that I really wanna support ovulation. Ovulation is how your body makes hormones. So like progesterone and estradiol, and if we're not ovulating, this is where things can be really present symptom-wise like PMS or acne or mood changes, uh, weight gain, missing or delayed periods. So ensuring we're ovulating month, every month as a practitioner is something I really instill in everybody I work with because if we're not ovulating, not only does that say there's a lot more going on, something in your body says it's not safe enough to ovulate, but if we're actually intentionally turning it off, even with hormonal birth control, that's again, the kind of thing that I think all of us need to know before we get on birth control so we can make an informed decision and say, can I really weigh the pros and cons here so I can make the right choice rather than just this magical pill will fix everything, you know, if only. When we ovulate every single month during our reproductive years as well, there is a study that indicates this is helpful for healthy aging and having a better menopause experience. And so, uh, Dr. Laura Bryden, I know, specifically says every month you ovulate is like a little coin into your future health box. So if we want to have more ease as we age, definitely be beneficial to um, ovulate as much as we can in our reproductive years. So how cool is that? Just seven like random things from cervical mucus and <laughs> vaginal pH to this wild concept that you may be wearing your grandmother's womb at some point. All of this just demonstrating how special our bodies are and really what a gift it is to be a cyclical being. I know a lot of us have struggled with our cycles or our hormones, and it's very easy to see all this as such a burden and even to have a sense of like negative association with our bodies or our wombs. But I think it's really powerful also to recognize how extraordinary our bodies are and to give ourselves some grace in knowing that even if we are struggling with a lot right now, Hopefully we are working with a practitioner or we're enrolled in something like period reboot so that we can get ahead of that and really get to enjoy our cycles rather than feel limited by them or feel like, you know, they rule our lives and we're struggling every single month. So if you love this episode, or if you're going to share it with someone, send me a message on Instagram at menstruation queen, tag me. I just love it so much when you all do that. And this is also the second to last episode of 2021, which is so wild. So next week will be our very last episode of the entire year. And then I get to take my yearly little hiatus <laughs> to recharge, interview a bunch of amazing guests and just be ready for an epic return in 2022. So I hope you loved this episode, friends, and I'll catch you here next week. Thank you.